Monday Show Fly Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Carmen. Got the co-host, the immortal Downtown Brown. Hey. hey. So, uh, no commish. I, I, I guess, you know, he's got a sick household. That's just that time of year where, you know, colds and all that fun jazz is popping up. So, they're on the mend. So, it's just me and you, Mr. Browntown. That's right. That's right. Just us. Uh, definitely been experiencing that this this uh, this winter. So we're, we're hoping that <laughs> hoping that spring uh, is coming around pretty soon and that kind of cleans up. But um, kind of an interesting time of year just in general, right? Like we, we came off the high of football and we're also in a dead zone where you're not having a whole lot of activity. But we got a couple kind of couple, um, uh, I guess, highlights we want to cover on on the show and then think we got a good lineup over topics we, we got what, what do you think yeah yeah i think we've got you know we there is a little bit of action going on you know the trade i mean the free agent market is there coming up so things will start gaining momentum you know we've already started talking dynasty and i'm sure commission is going to put together some really good blogs for the the fan base um as far as dynasty stats and guys you want to target guys you want to sell so I, all that stuff's coming but we can get right into this this week's you know conversation uh, downtown Brown, and that's uh you know the, the the more recent news I guess we got in the NFL, and uh, I'll kick it off with this uh, waste of a roster spot as the as the residence Giants fan, and I guess we kind of just want to talk about these guys and the impact what it does with the team, and what do you think the team does you know going forward, and then we can sprinkle in a little you know what our thoughts are from a dynasty perspective if we want, but uh, I'll kick it off with Mr. Kenny Galladay. Uh, see you later. Good riddance. Goodbye. Complete waste of money, complete waste of a roster spot. I think the giants already kind of knew that, you know, they, they went out and drafted Wandell Robinson. That didn't necessarily work, you know, as far as, you know, he got injured, but when he did play, he looked really good. And uh, they got some, you know, valuable plays out of Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. So I think Dable and company in New York was like, uh, see you later, Galladay. We've already spent too much money on you. Um, I don't know what the real impact was total-wise, but um, as a Giants fan, I'm more than happy to close the curtain on Mr. Galladay. Uh, what, what say you, Mr. Brown? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure you are. He was Big time bust. Uh, I can only imagine as a fan, right? Because you're probably pretty excited. To, uh, anybody's excited when you see a big contract. It was like 70, 70 million a couple years ago when he signed that. So probably one of the biggest bust signings I, I would put it of, of all time. I'd put him somewhere in an all-time list somewhere. But, um, yeah, I think as far as the Giants are concerned, um, this is also, like you said, the time of the year they're – you know, not a lot of moves, but they're they're making these moves to to save some money, right? Because free agency is coming up, so that kind of leads us um, to talk about like how how what are they going to do in that wide receiver um, spot? Are they comfortable with the crew they got? Um, they they now have forty four million cap space, so um, decent amount decent amount of cap space to 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 do like a free agent signing or something like that. Um, Funny thing is, since they they actually made it pretty far in the playoffs, they got the twenty six pick, so a little bit later in the in the draft this year. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and just say my little take with this, and I'll, and then we can kick it over to you and go to, go to the next. But um, 
What do you think about replenishing Galladay with your old friend uh, OBJ? Odell is actually a free agent this offseason, and I know there was a little bit of talks um, last year about maybe doing a homecoming tour with the Giants. So um, I looked at OBJ and like, hey, well, like you said, they, they got some young youngsters there kind of they liked last year and, and maybe bring in a, a familiar face at, at Odell. It might might be a nice uh, homecoming for him. So um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they, they maybe kinda, uh, shoot for Odell. Um, and they, they have really just average, like I said, average uh, cap space, pretty good. But uh, I'm going to say they go get Odell. Uh, I hope not. He's like a chemistry killer. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want any part of Odell Beckham. I'm, I mean, the, he's an amazing talent, awesome player. You know, when he's on the field, I just – I don't want any part of all the drama that comes with Odell Beckham. It looks like this – the identity of this Giants team, you know, as a fan with Dable has kind of been like you bring your lunch pail to work, you show up to work, and you work. They're not the most uh, team that's loaded with talent. You know, they've got some good players, but – all in all, it's a team that's going to work and that they're going to fight every single minute of every single down of every single quarter. And I, I'm not so sure that Odell Beckham fits that, that mold, if, if that makes sense. So I, 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 I'm not in on Odell. I'm not even in on, I mean, what's Juju the best wide out free agent right now? I'm not even in on Juju because I think it's more the same. Right. Um, Jacoby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jacoby Myers probably fits that role a lot more, you know, kind of come to work, do your job type of deal where he's coming from in New England. So I would rather actually go out and get Jacoby Myers if I'm going to make a play at a free agent. But, you know, the, these most recent drafts, if we've looked at, there's been plenty of talent at the bottom end of the first round at wide receiver, you know. Right. And, so I, I'm okay with them drafting a wideout and sticking with the current roster they got because they, they got to they gotta pay Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. So I'm all right. I'm all right with them not signing a big free agent wide receiver and maybe going the more conservative route like drafting a, a team-friendly rookie deal. So that's where I'm at on that. And uh, we can get right into the next guy. And this guy has kind of been like, He's kind of gone from like everyone's darling to he was like a could have won the MVP if he didn't get hurt when he was in Philly, and then he's gonna go to Indy. He's gonna be good over there, and it and it's just completely been bust after bust. If you want to talk busts, Brown Town, and this <laughs> guy has been fantasy bust, dynasty busts, and I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a, a bigger one eighty than a guy who was like an injury away from being the MVP <laughs> to like can't even get a job in the NFL. So who am I talking about? Who Who is it that I'm talking about, Mr. <laughs> yeah, he talked him up pretty good uh, in a bad way, I guess. But, yeah, that's Mr. Carson Wentz. Uh, Washington is parting ways with him, saving a little, little bit of cap room. Um, I think it was, you know, Ryan was on the wall. It's kind of crazy. They, you know, they, they kind of gave him like two chances this year, and even the last – you know, the end of the year when they, they had a playoff chance to make the playoffs and they started Wentz and he failed and they had to rely on Heineke again, right? Like he got good old reliable Heineke that just keeps getting the job taken away from him over and over again. And uh, they started Wentz. So 
um, yeah, they're they're kicking, um, you know, kicking him to the curb, saving a little bit of money. They did sign a, you know, they franchise tag their tackle, um, so that took up a, a decent amount of uh, money this offseason. So they only have like thirty five million in cap space, so not a whole lot of room. Sixteenth pick, so um, a decent pick, kind of middle middle of that, um, you know, the draft board goes sort of thing. So. Um, that kind of leaves them with like Sam Howell and they, they do have Heineke that is a free agent as well. So it's like, Hey, are they going to roll with Sam Howell? Do you think, or, or, or what are you thinking over there in Washington? Well, I think river, uh, is it Riverboat Ron still the coach over there? Or, he or is just... currently, yeah. yeah. You got an assistant head coach with Eric uh, Bianami now. So yeah, got so kinda that going on. They, they came out and said that they're going to roll with Howell and they kind of want to see what they got. I mean, you saw flashes of it in preseason. There's not a whole lot you can make out of that, right? I mean, it's it's third-string guys playing against third-string guys. So um, they saw some flashes out of Howell, and they, I think, you know, a lot of people forget Howell coming out of college. He was one of the more, you know, toted guys going into his final year in college. Correct me if I'm wrong, Browntown. But I, I thought a lot of people were pretty high on that guy. And I, I don't blame them if they want to see what they got. And I think they know that they can get Heineke on a team-friendly deal as a backup quarterback. So I think that's probably the direction they're heading in. Yeah, that makes sense. I can I can see that going on. Um, yeah, maybe get Heineke back, team-friendly deal, um, and then see what you got with uh, Mr. Howe. I, I, I agree with that. All right, but this this – you know, gets us into uh, last, but I usually say not least, but I'm going to go ahead and say last and least. And <laughs> this guy was the guy who I said is the quarterback that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> I think we coined that phrase last year with him, and uh, but we, we will did. name him. We will name him. Uh, the Marcus Mariota has been released by the Atlanta Falcons. I'm curious your take on this one. Um, I'm really not surprised they let him go. Um, but what do you think that says for the Falcons' direction at quarterback? Are they going to roll with Ritter? Are they going to draft a QB? Because you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they got a pretty good draft pick coming up. So what what do you think, Mr. Browntown, on that? Yeah, this is really interesting, I think, because as you said, they parted away as the Mariota. They got Ritter, right? So um, I think he, what, it, what he started like two or three games last year showed, showed a little bit of uh, upside, but – Here's the here's the case, right? Their situation, they got 68 million in cap space. So they they got a lot of money they can spend, which is, you know, uh we know we know we can do a, a high dollar deal with uh one of these quarterbacks, right? Um and they have an early first. They got the eighth pick in the first. So there's a we may see um uh them trading up to get one of these high profile uh QBs this year. Um or I actually think there's a possibility they go out and try to trade for Lamar too. So I'm, I'm actually saying, hey, I think they'll go out and 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 try to negotiate to get Lamar Jackson. If that doesn't work, they may be able to trade up, use that eighth pick, um, and and trade it with the Bears, right? And maybe grab Bryce Young or or Stroud or somebody like that, right? So they could make some big moves in the offseason because they are set up with some young pieces with Pitts. Um, in London, and they they, they they got a young team. So I actually think they'll make 
a big offseason move. I don't know which way they'll go, but I'll say I'm going to say either Lamar they'll try to make a move for or uh, trade up in this draft to get a young QB. Okay. All right. I, I like your thought process, but how about I, I'm going to throw this one at you. What about uh, Jimmy G? Jimmy G going away at ATL. Yeah. You got, you got some pieces over there. If Garoppolo's shown you, A, if you've got a steady running game and a good tight end, uh, he's pretty much – that's like pretty much what he's worked with and a serviceable wide receiver. I mean, that's pretty much has been his career. And he's shown you when he's healthy, he's, he can get the job done. And you, you could probably go, go the Jimmy G route considerably cheaper than you are with, with Lamar Jackson and then go ahead and still draft a beast – at eight, you're gonna whether it's a defensive player because Lord knows they need it. Um, what do you think of that? Yeah, that's that's definitely um, you know that's on the table. I know like Jimmy might you know he he he'll probably find a starting job somewhere somewhere right. I think you know there's some there's some teams out there every year. We we hope they're they're gonna try to go for a young QB and then they kind of just get kind of satisfy themselves with like uh, you know. Um, not overpaying at, at quarterback. So Jimmy's probably not going to be asking for loads of money. Right. But uh, a decent amount. I think he's like one of the highest paid uh, backups last year. Right. Um, so that, that's definitely, uh, you know, an option, but I think they're in prime position to make a big move. And I, to me, Jimmy G is not like a big splash. Right. So I, my opinion is I, I feel like they're going to try to make a big move for the future. And that's either Lamar or, or one of these high profile QBs. So, um, two different takes, but um, I'm going with more of the flashy uh, take with the Falcons. Okay. All right. So, yeah, and as we're talking quarterback, that kind of segues us into, uh, you know, we had a one of our faithful listeners, um, one of our fans, kind of send us in his take on the situation at quarterback and the trend in the NFL at quarterback. And um, – and I, we kind of found it intriguing, right? So I think we're going to kind of post a fan blog because it was definitely a well-thought-out take. And, um, you know, his take on it was along the lines of from, you know, he's someone who plays quarterback and someone who coaches uh, kids uh, football. Um, and his take was that, like, they seem to be losing more of the fundamentals um, for athleticism. And that that is not a sustainable trend. Um, it works for the GMs and it works for the teams that are trying to sell tickets, but it doesn't work uh, in the longevity of things. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Browntown. Is that kind of me summarizing it? Yeah, I think that's a good um, summary there. And you're right. It was definitely a well-written um, article. I, I, I definitely made us think, hey, let, let's post this fan blog. So and if you, any of you out there have other – thoughts too We're, we might get that going right if you want to see some of your your work out there we can display it there as a as a fan blog but um yeah no i i love the take it's definitely a, a conversation right because it's almost like a perfect time of the year to talk about it as well because you got someone like lamar jackson right you had um watson last year right you you had some of these big um you know the, these high profile quarterbacks that run um, and then they're asking for a lot of money and guaranteed money, right? So that's part of Lamar's problem right now is he he's one of all this guaranteed money. And if you're an owner, you're like, 
wow, well, like he's kind of high profile risk for injury too, right? So um, even so from the NFL perspective too, it, it is really intriguing to see which way um, some of these contracts go because then, yeah, you're, you, sometimes they kind of just go with the wind with what, what what's the trend these days. Um, and then, you know, I think one other point he made is like, it's kind of lazy as far as like scouting goes, right? Like look at like, Trey Lance in San Francisco, right? Like they kind of went with like this athleticism talent over experience. Like he's had like one, if you look at how many passing attempts he's had from high school to the college and the NFL is like not very much. And they, they're San Francisco decided to risk a lot to go with Trey Lance. Right. And look, look what happened with him. He, he gets injured and then Purdy, the, the non athletic uh, quarterback kind of saves the day for him. Right. So, Great conversation. Um, what are your thoughts in general, just as far as, um, you know, which way to which way to go from a NFL perspective, and then let's try to tie it on to like just fantasy talk. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll put the cherry on the cake with with the blog, and like I said, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to you know post that as a fan blog. But um, I I think the the bigger part that I think he touched on, which was for me was more intriguing is like the whole we're losing sight of the fundamentals and you know, the guys like Tom Brady, it's like the perfect case. You know, this is a, he is a pocket passer. There's no two ways about it. The guys played in the league. How many years? Right. 20. Was it 20? Oh, yeah. I've lost track, but yeah. Insane amount. Long he yeah. played. I know that he's played longer than um, more than half of his life. So that's telling you. So I think, and I think what his take was spot on from like, we've got, we're getting away from that. But we, what, what that has shown you is that it's something that works. Guys like Patrick Mahomes are the outlier. They're, they're one in a million where they can run, but that is not, their first option, but it is an option. Whereas to his point, you know, he was saying, you know, scouts, GMs, colleges, they're all getting lazy and they're just looking at these athletic guys and the NFL is just going to chew them up and spit them out and keep selling tickets. But we're not, we're not teaching anything. We're not, we're not teaching football. So I really love that. I really Love that take. So we'll hopefully get that fan blog going because I think it's worth a good read from anyone. I read it and I was like, wow, a lot of thought and effort put into this. And so I definitely think uh, kudos to him on that one. Um, but to get to your question for me, so if we're talking, are we talking dynasty? Are we talking redraft? Are we talking my own fandom? I guess is my question to you, Mr. Browntowns. Hmm. Let's let's say let's try to break it down three if we can without going too crazy long. But from your Giants team, right? If if, if tomorrow they say they, well, I guess Dan, Danny Dimes does run a little bit, but it just in general, right? Like if if you see your favorite team sign a ten year contract with a running quarterback, what's your initial gut reaction? Let, let let's start there. All right. So. I wouldn't even give Daniel Jones a fully guaranteed 10 year deal um, because, because of the amount of running he does. <laughs> so he puts himself at risk a lot. Um, 
And if I'm, if I'm playing GM or I'm playing owner, I'm not sure I want to, I want to hitch. Cause now these quarterbacks, you know, Kirk cousins is kind of like started this whole guaranteed trend, but these quarterbacks are getting these guaranteed deals. And if I'm shelling out a bunch of guaranteed money, then I want my quarterback to be a pocket passer who has great fundamentals, understands, get rid of the ball, you know, live to play another down. Don't do anything stupid. And uh, I guess if I'm going to hitch my wagon, I'm hitching my wagon to someone like that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I think like something's got to give in, in general, like it's a good conversation because I think what we'll start seeing more is like certain contracts. Like for instance, I mean, I do relate a lot of things back to the the Chiefs, but it, it's the you know obviously an area I know a little bit more on. But um, for instance, Patrick Mahomes' contract, right, like that half a billion uh, dollar uh, salary, right, ten year deal. Some of his incentives are, hey, he gets an extra million dollars if he wins the AFC Championship. I don't know about you, but as a fan, I'd love to see that. Like he's got an incentive to win, right? Um, I think you need to like try to get as owners, like they got to get in uh, creative. And if you do have a running quarterback, I think you got to maybe substitute some of that guaranteed money with, all right, if you run or what we also see with some contracts like Juju, right? Like he's had injury issues. Um, if you play this percent of snaps, right. Or if you, you know, play this many games or, or something like that, like you get, you hit incentives, you hit milestones. I think, if they got to start doing what we've been seeing that trend in that area to kind of replace some guaranteed money. And just, I really love the deals that give these players these incentives because um, to me, I love that for the game. It makes them play harder, makes them, you know, want to win more and stuff like that. And then too, I think that may settle some of this talk. Like, Hey, put your, you know, put your, um, put your money where your mouth is. Right. <laughs> or, or, you know, I, I think that's the route they got to go with some of these, um, if they can't land on, on, on agreeing on some of this guarantee money, like flip it over to them, like give them a higher incentive, um, but maybe flip it to running. Like Debo did the same thing too. Like, hey, he wanted to get paid to run as a wide receiver and they figured it out with his contract. Like, hey, if he runs for this many yards, it gets X amount extra money. So I think that's what they got to do to like make some of these things work um, from an owner perspective. Yeah, I agree. I think... If you're the Baltimore Ravens, there's no way you're coming to the table and giving Lamar Jackson a 10-year fully guaranteed deal without some type of you've got to play X amount of snaps. And that what you know, obviously, if you know you're first place in the division by four games and there's only three games, two games left in the season, you're gonna sit him out. That obviously won't go against his incentive. But you gotta, if if you're an owner or a GM, you can't possibly give giving for example giving Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed you know eight-year deal or whatever it was when he signed that deal <laughs> right? It, right it was it was a shocker because it was a fully guaranteed deal fully guaranteed right giving him a fully guaranteed deal is not the same thing as giving Lamar Jackson Kyla Murray a fully guaranteed deal can we agree on that agreed right at the time so it, it was crazy it set some precedents but I agree with you on the different style quarterbacks they are. Yeah, it's just a risk. It's a risk. Given Pat Mahomes a fully guaranteed deal makes sense because even though Mahomes runs, 
it's it is literally his last option. And he'll he'll do it when he has to, but he's also very smart about when he goes down and slides, when he runs out of bounds. He doesn't take like and I love Josh Allen, but you Josh Allen takes way more risks running than right. Pat Mahomes does. So yeah, I guess I, I fully agree with if your quarterback has the fundamentals, gets rid of the ball, makes the right reads, lives to play another down, go ahead and give him a, a, a fully guaranteed deal. But to your point, if it's a running quarterback, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, I'm going to put some incentives in there for for snaps, 100%. 100% agree. Agreed. Agree, agree. So I guess we can get into, like, the second part of that is, like, okay – in a redraft set, when you're when you're drafting a, a lineup for one year, do you look at that style of quarterback differently than than you would look at them um, in Dynasty, Mister Browntown? And then I'll I'll give you my answer after you answer. Oh, for sure. I, I think like redraft, which I've like kind of phased myself out of redraft leagues. I'm not in as many as I used to be, but yeah, like I would say I could care less about that. Um, you know, they, they were, you know, a couple of years ago, you, you know, you're drafting Lamar Jackson, maybe, you know, ahead of Patrick Mahomes, right. Just because he gives you those extra stats for the running and rush plays, right. You get, uh, six points for a rushing touchdown compared to, uh, you know, four points with the thrown touchdown, right. You, you know, things like that, all, all this stuff that we already know in the quarterback position, I think redraft wise, um, you know, if, if you want to get a top five quarterback, I don't think you put rushing uh you know like risk in the availability because um in the 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 formula right because i think with redraft we all know it does take a a a little um, you know i I think there's luck in all different types of leagues but with redraft um you know there's less strategy overall that goes into it i would i would argue than like a dynasty league or even keeper for that for that matter right so i think with redraft if it's a top five quarterback and they so happen to be a running quarterback, I think that's just cherries on top um, in that respect. So I don't care about it as much for redraft. Right. Right. I agree. So like, you know, and I'm with you on that too. Like redraft, I'm probably going to go, I, I like to call it like hidden points. That's like the, the term I use. So I'm, I'm probably going to draft that Lamar Jackson, even Daniel Jones in a redraft lead. Redraft league, to me, holds a lot more value because he gets those hidden points and he he runs the ball a lot. So somewhere where I would draft Daniel Jones in like a dynasty is way different than where I would draft him in a redraft. Way different, like light years different. So uh, from a redraft perspective, I totally agree with you. From a dynasty perspective, I kind of am – of the same mindset circling back to, you know, the fan, you know, the fan, the fan blog. And what, what he said was, you know, at dynasty, we get into these trade talks because anyone who's been in a dynasty league knows that trades go like crazy. It's like, it, I've never seen anything like it. I remember when I first talked to you about joining a dynasty league with me, <laughs> I told you like, I'm like, Aaron, just be, I said a couple things. Your wife's going to hate it. <laughs> And I was like, just get ready because you know, you're going to get addicted to trading and you have to like rein yourself in because you'll find yourself going nuts because you, you're not used to that much trading. And then all of a sudden you just get bombarded because you're coming from redraft where trading like never happens. Whereas right. dynasty, you literally own the team. 
Like you're that, that's like the closest thing to being a GM, right? So I actually, when we talk dynasty and quarterbacks, I actually uh, am more on the side of our, like I said, the blogger who, who wrote that article about the trend with quarterbacks, you know, dynasty, we bring up age a lot when we're having negotiations, right? Because age does matter. But what I'll tell you is I'll just use an example of, let's just say Lamar Jackson at 24 years old versus Kirk Cousins at 24 years old. I'm going to take Kirk Cousins at 24 year old a lot more than I would take Lamar Jackson at 24 years old. Because if I'm, if I'm looking at it from a dynasty perspective, all things being equal, the same age, I'm not convinced I'm going to get a 24 year old Lamar Jackson to be the same guy at 34. But I'm pretty sure a 24-year-old Kirk Cousins is going to be the same guy at 34. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense what, what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I, I've, I've thought about this. I, I knew we were going to chat about this today a little bit, but I, I guess I have a somewhat different um, opinion over it. I, I think a somewhat has to do with if, if we're talking dynasty here, like what is your, you know, we talk about this all the time, right? Like uh, what type of team are you, right? Are you a win now or not? Um, I think, you know, considering how many trades there are in dynasty leagues, I do think some of those high profile, like the Lamars, there's always going to, you know, people are always going to want them. Right. Um, unless, it gets later down in their career, as you said, right? Like once they're like 31 or actually like 33, 34, you know, those are, that's now starting to be Russell Wilson, right? He's not run, running like he used to. Um, I think it definitely changes the tone a lot more. Right. But I think of this, this, the team that we were running, right? Like for instance, we had Josh Allen at one point in time, right? Like we had some nice young pieces right but we weren't necessarily in a position to win like who would have thought we had we had josh allen and i forget who had back then who else we had but we're like there's no way we're gonna win the championship right so what we ended up doing is we ended up getting joe burrow at that point in time we're like all right well let's rebuild right i think we ended up getting the first pick the following season and we're like we can rebuild our team with burrow right so i think i think it's like similar and different where yeah, if you want to rebuild, maybe go with more stability with, you know, less risk and, and, and injuries and, and, and whatnot. Like if you want like a burrow, I think go for it if you're rebuilding, right? But if you're either in the middle ground or win now, I would say, you know, try to go for it um, with some of those rushing quarterbacks, similar to like a redraft strategy to like thinking maybe in the back of your head that you can maybe still train them in, in future seasons. At least that's, you know, that's that's coming from my head. I, I know I have Lamar and Kyler on the same team in one of our <laughs> in one of our uh, um, leagues. Right. So maybe I'm just trying to talk uh, some sense out of that as well. Uh, so you are rolling the running quarterback dice. Roll, I, am, I, am a, I am our gambler. Right. So I definitely gamble all the time. And this I do have a big gamble with that. I, I'm, I'm every day I'm thinking, dang, like I probably need a third quarterback to to figure this out a little bit better right so um i definitely get the risk on it but i do think you should like 
look at take a step back as we always say in a lot of positions in dynasties like right you know do you want to maybe take a burrow you know would you take burrow over allen because maybe you can get a little bit more pieces from allen than burrow and i think that's what we did yeah that was kind of the logic that we applied back then yeah and i also look at it from you also have to look at how your roster is built right so if if you're i my team for example in playoffs is I'm in a weird spot because I'm win now, but I'm also I also have enough good young players that I, um, I'm I could very easily flip the switch and and get more assets if I wanted to, right? But I think I also the guys that, for example, that you're counting on week in week out in dynasty, like your Cooper Cups, right? Who are older, right? Who are coming off injury. I think you can't afford to hold a a Kyla Murray or a Lamar Jackson, if that makes sense, because you're counting on those guys, and you know in the back of your head there's a, always the chance that the older wide receiver, the older running back, those guys could fall off, and you're going to need stability somewhere else. Does, it, does, it, does that make sense? Gotcha. So you're saying, like, because so many position players get hurt that why add it on top of your quarterback? Eh? Exactly. On top of it. Yeah, that makes sense. In my head, in the way I guess, like you were saying, on your head, in my head, I look at my roster and I go, okay, I've got Cooper Cup and I've got Derrick Henry, and we know that wide receivers and running backs get hurt at a higher frequency than any other position. Right? So, <laughs> just playing uh, the numbers alone, I don't want to risk it. As talented as Lamar Jackson is, and he could be, he could, he could be a you know a season winner. He can win you the the, the league. No date, no no debate about it. I just don't want to run the risk knowing that running backs and wideouts get hurt at a higher clip than any other position. And then still have a quarterback who I'm a little bit worried about every time they take off and run. Does, does that make sense? It does. Cause everybody has had a fantasy team that you've literally probably had almost everyone get hurt on. So I think we all have that in the back of our mind. Like we're looking at ways like, wow, like what am I going to do? if This guy gets hurt. Cause I think we've all had it where we've just had a, a season where like, you got to just roll it up and throw it in the trash. Cause everybody gets hurt. So, it's definitely something you got to think about for sure. And if you're, if you're like eliminating the risk, I, th- that does make sense. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm doing. That's like when we were talking, I was like, I probably wouldn't give you what you want or what you value Lamar or Kyla Murray at. And that's just me being fully honest and transparent, knowing I've got Derek Henry and Cooper cup. Like <laughs> I'm not going to add a third potential injury risk when I'm already worried about those two guys making the full season. Right. If that if that makes sense, so I, it's definitely a fun topic, you know. And I, like I said, we'll, we'll try to get a fan blog out there because I thought that the you know the fan really put in a lot of thought, a lot of you know a lot of effort, and made some really great points from a coaching GM, future of the NFL, future of the league perspective. So uh, we're gonna try to get that out there for sure. Like he went from like thirteen years old to NFL, right? Like. I, I definitely enjoyed it. it. It's definitely a good read. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get that out soon. Cause it, it, it is something to think about with, you know, if you're, if you're just a fan or if you're a fantasy owner to all this whole conversation we had is just literally came from that, that write up. So thank you. Um, anonymous writer. And, um, 
definitely was, you know, he gave, gave his whole episode to talk, talk about, right. Cause it, it's a great, um, great thing to, to think about. Exactly. Exactly. And and before we close this one out, Brown town, we're going to give the fans a little, uh, a little bonus this week. We are. Did you, did you know that? Yes. Yes. We got a special guest and it's one, uh, one of your, uh, uh, subjects that is near and dear to your heart. And we're, we're talking UFC. We got a, we got a big card coming up this Saturday, right? Oh yes. A huge card. I'm going to my buddy's house. He's going to do uh poker. We're going to play some poker and then we'll, uh, we're going to watch the big John Jones fight. Mr. John Jones, the King himself, the guy that most people claim is the goat greatest of all time has returned and he's fighting at heavyweight. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So we, we, we definitely got a special guest that I think, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll go back to our, our, our um, similar formula we do with NFL. We'll, we'll make a, a, a draft Kings lineup over the, yeah, the got UFC one. card. And you, you got I'm one ready already. I'm already ready to go. <laughs> so we'll make one. I think I might be like, uh, I'll probably turn into the host this, uh, this next show because uh, I think I'll leave it up to you experts and I'll just write down some notes of who I want to bet on, I think is what I'll do. So uh, that, that that's going to be a fun show. So in the next next couple of days, we'll release that this week, probably um, probably thinking either Thursday or Friday, that'll be out. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just amped up. You know, I I always send you my screenshots, you know, and, you know, I, I, I do it for two reasons. One, I like to, like, let you know what I'm thinking. And two, uh, you can always validate how well I do on UFC's picks, right? So, right. like, I, uh, I'm amped up for this, this card. This card, when I looked at it, is just it's stacked. There's just so many good Got good guys and gals to bet on. You also have the the return of the queen, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, who oh. you know is considered by many as the best pound for pound woman fighter on the planet. So wow. you got her. You got her co-main event running right into John John Jones surreal gone. But there's so many good electric fighters on this card. I actually, when I was making my lineup. Aaron, I'm not kidding. I did like 20 substitutions. <laughs> I couldn't nice. figure out how to get all the people I wanted in. Nice. I was like, I'm going to have to do like five lineups. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. So yeah, we'll get that out. And, and you know, uh, me and, uh, is it Tad? Did I say that right? Tad, yes. Tad yeah. good. Yeah. Tad good. We're going to uh, chop it up and then, you know, you can host it and, and we'll chop it up and, you know, we'll do some MMA talk and I'm pretty excited about it. So fans be, be ready for that. Um, and like I always like to say, peace.